census taker once tried to test me. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Episode 282 of the Throwdown Thursday Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Ray. Hope you can call me Patsy the Angry Nerd. And we are here from the uh, Pat Cave of Magenta Manor, brought to you by the Dorkening Podcast Network, which can be found at thedorkeningpodcastnetwork.com, as well as Deadly Grounds Coffee. And I'm here not by myself, but I am joined by my co-host on the show. My co-host in life, she is the Baroness of Bordeaux, the Countess of Cabernet, the Mistress of Merlot, the Queen Regent of Rosé, the Real Housewife of Transylvania, the Michael Phelps of Wine, the Queen of the Monsters, and an Honorary Lizzie, ladies and gentlemen, Ashes Von Nightmare. She is in gift wrapping hell. Yeah, you've been wrapping presents. Like, we took a break. Well... I was podcasting with Roger, and you were wrapping presents for like the past three hours plus. Mm-hmm. So we've both been uh, accomplishing equal amounts of uh, stuff. Uh, I've been doing more podcasting. You've been doing more gift wrapping. But we both accomplished I, I, I like quite how a bit. you try to equate one to the other. Well, no, I'm just saying like you did more of one thing, I did more of one thing. It's not a competition. Rising tide lifts all boats, you know. Uh-huh. We're all in this together. Go team go. Like, it has nothing to do with the fact that you rap like a 2-year-old. I don't care. I have said this and I will defy anyone. If you tell me the wrapping paper that was used on your favorite Christmas presents the last five years. I defy you. I couldn't tell you. And yeah, but it's not the, it's that not wrapping paper is out in the living room. It's not the wrapping paper. It's the it's the wrapping job. Right. But like if I get if someone hands me a present and it's shoddily wrapped in a ball of newspaper, I'm still gonna open it and all that that shoddily wrapped newspaper is going to go in the trash. You hand me a present and it's beautifully wrapped with an artisanal bow made of the finest spider silk in all of France. And the paper is made from the oldest trees uh, in the rainforests of, of China. And that paper still getting ripped up and getting thrown in the trash. So, like, I get what you're trying to say. Presentation, you know, you eat with your eyes. I am all about the presentation. Everything looks perfect. There are creases. You can't see the tape. Everything has a bow. It's meticulous. It's perfect. It's pretty. And it gets ripped up, wadded into a ball, and thrown into a trash bag. I put a lot of time, effort, and monies into purchasing these gifts for people. I want to make sure that they are very nice and appealingly pleasingly present aesthetically aesthetically pleasing yes Yes. i get it i i totally get it i did however so my mom called 
while I was in the process I of wrapping that. these presents. I talked and, to her. And uh, she was like, oh, how's it going? And I was like, oh, it's going. You know, I'm sitting here. I'm wrapping presents. I'm like down knee deep in wine and popcorn and the cat it's was true helping. we have a kiddie pool <laughs> yes a kiddie pool of wine and popcorn it's gross it's like a slurry or <laughs> porridge it's so the worst gross. why would your mind go there eat it with a spoon oh it's so weird <laughs> so gross anyways i told her i said don't be surprised if like you were opening up your presents and there's like popcorn and oh maybe a cat or something in there bonus yeah bonus presents actually i think i think i i, I dropped some popcorn in my sister's gift so. intentionally uh no not intentionally i think i i, I lost some popcorn my brother dave Konomi. the kardashian dragon used to try to throw people off to figure out what's in their presence so you couldn't like pick it up and shake it so he would put change in the box so if you p picked it up and shook it it would just be change so rattling it would around sound broken so it would sound broken like i don't want and you take it and throw it in the fire and I was like, oh, that was the Game Boy that you wanted since you were six. <laughs> oh, God. No, that would that would be a, a bad Christmas. I would have gone in right after, and I would have rescued that Game Boy. I would have saved it. But obviously today we're talking some Christmas stuff. We have an interesting show for you because we're going to be discussing some of the uh, lesser-known uh, characters associated with holiday traditions um, I want to say around the world, but mostly it's a, just in Europe, um, like Northern Europe, Scandinavia, Germany, Bavaria, you know, like that, uh, Austria, those, those regions, um, because there are some dark, savage holiday traditions, uh, for the winter months that come from, uh, that come from that area of the world, but also, it kind of sets the stage and like provides the foundation for the traditions that we are most accustomed to here in America, you know, stockings and rewarding good children and punishing bad children in a varying degree of, of severity. So let's say. speaking of Christmas customs and things that you do around Christmas and for Christmas, Patsy. Yes, Ashes. Uh, I feel like we're are... at the beginning of you can't do that on television. <laughs> like we should have a locker opening fan. Uh what are some of your favorite like things about Christmas? Like Christmas customs, Christmas things. Well, when I was younger it was all about them presents, yo. Uh but now that I'm older, um I would say I like buying stuff for you. Even though, like, we don't do traditional Christmas presents, like, we will find stuff. Like, we we tend to buy things for each other throughout the year, but, like, a lot We're of times... We're more birthday people. Yes, but we will occasionally find... Like, I found a couple of things that you brought to my attention, and we're like, oh, these are pretty cool, and I was like, okay, I'll get them. Like, but if you don't get me anything, it's like... It's not a big deal. Like I don't care. Oh, good, because you're not getting anything. That's that's fine. Like I don't. <laughs> no, there are there are things in the works, but yeah, it uh, doesn't matter. But I mean, well, here's our thing. You know, usually we do something. 
you know, um, I'd much rather go out and do something, make memories. We've uh, done Bruins games and you things know, like versus that. Versus getting more stuff. You know, I, I mean, granted, I do. I, I like stuff. I love stuff. I have lots of stuff. Uh, the but, piles you know, I, the strewn about the apartment. It's, no one needs to <laughs> between know Between the hoarders. two of us. Um, but anyways, you know, I, I, I like doing things. But the past couple of years, because of, of, of everything that's going on, the state of the world, it's been a little bit difficult to do things you know there are times when uh you and i will yeah we'll we'll get bruins tickets for after the holidays or you know we'll get ourselves concert tickets for you know a show that's going to be in the area within the upcoming months you know we'll do something we'll go to see a Uh, movie like when i was younger we would go see uh you know speaking of the matrix you know from last week you know i saw the matrix on christmas day uh, the uh, the the third one revolutions Re- yeah revolutions you know Christmas Day two thousand three you know like you know the same day we I uh, took my brother to see uh, Return of the King so it's like you know there's there's things like that that we used to do that we don't do like we've gone to the movies on Christmas like we'll get you know sushi or Chinese food you know some years like we we've we've, we've done th- never done sushi or Chinese on Christmas. Haven't we? Oh, I'm thinking no. New Year's. New Year's. No, we'll do we're that. usually busy on Christmas. Generally, what we do is we'll go to my people's get together Christmas Eve, and then drive out to your people's place, spend Christmas Eve there, uh, get up on Christmas morning, do whatever we need to do, eat food, open presents, uh, hang out, and then come back home, and we're done. And then I go see my dad the next day because my dad's birthday is uh, December 26th, also known as screw it out of a present day. Um, So that's, you know, our typical routine. But like what we like to do, like, you know, we crack open a dark chocolate orange and some wine and watch a movie, usually a movie that we picked up on Black Friday that we hadn't gotten a chance to get around to watching yet. You know, or I force you to watch White Christmas for the umpteenth time. I mean, then we have to watch Black Christmas because that's the sequel and prequel. Um, I'm going to just keep saying that until it's a thing. Uh-huh. Um, it's not a thing. It's a thing. It's never going to be a thing. It's a thing. No. Nope. So, um, you know, that's one of the things. But I, I like, you know, eating leftover food because there's always a ton of food that's left over and we like pair like the weirdest things it's like all right well let's see what do i have i have some syrian rice a cinnamon roll pancakes and a snickers bar yeah it seems good for breakfast like and wash it down with a gallon of uh chowder nog like that's uh that sounds delicious yes yes some chowder nog uh you know, full of nice big chunks of potato and clam. Very, very good. Very creamy. It's good stuff. Are you done? Almost. Um, but yeah, like we'll just, we'll sit on the on the couch with, you know, the, the new pajamas we usually get or like new socks or like new hoodies or whatever with a new blanket because we tend to get blankets every year because, I mean, those are 
those are things that like you never really go out of style it's not like oh that blanket is so 2007 you know unless it's like you know fucking like friends blanket you know or like you know your 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 seinfeld blanket or something you know hey those are making a comeback so yeah well i never liked them when they were popular the first time so i don't care now um but yeah and then we watch a movie or something you know um you know, maybe it's one that we hadn't gotten a chance to see. Scrooged, Elf, you know, something like that. How about you? So when I was younger, I was really big into, like, the lights and the decorations. I love things that are shiny and sparkly, you know, glittery and stuff. And this time of year, everything is all just nice, nice and bright and, you know, shiny. And it's really pretty. It can be really, really pretty. And I've always liked that. Um, and the food. Not necessarily food, but the baking. I love holiday baking. I love participating in baking. I love participating in eating other people's baking. I just, I, I, I love that time of year, you know, that this time of year. Uh, as a grown-up, I love the fact that I can go to the store and I can fill up my cart with wine, like 10 bottles of wine, and I can go to the checkout and I can put my 10 bottles of wine on the conveyor belt and have it go through and no one looks at me like I'm an alcoholic. They're like, oh, presents for other people? Having a party, huh? Sure, yeah. Yeah, big party. Huge party. For me. What did we get? We got three tonight. We got three earlier tonight. Well, we, we bought three. You got To one. go along with the three. So I am so easy to buy for. You got uh, three bottles of wine within the last two days. Yes. I, I love got the 12 pack of seltzer. Gifted libations. Yeah. we uh, A cart came around at the lab, and it was kind of like the, the, the cart at the beginning of Harry Potter, except you didn't have to pay for anything. So it was like... It's like, oh, just take what you want from the trolley, dears. And, like, you know, you got a couple bottles of wine. I got a 12-pack of seltzer. Well, you know, we had our first White Claws. In, in, <laughs> being a Libra actually worked in my favor. It's pronounced librarian. Will you just shush? <laughs> I'm super indecisive sometimes when it comes to certain things. You know, there are some things where I can definitely make up my mind. I know what I want, you know period uh but when it comes to I'm certain proof. things eh. <laughs> but when it comes to certain things you know, sometimes you know like well what do you want to eat where do you want to eat what do you want you know like there's like like trivial things it's just kind of like eh, i don't know can you make a decision for me because i really don't know uh so the um the i'm trying to think of like a fun word to call it the I don't know. The, the the alcohol trolley came through the hall, and the alcohol trolley. Yeah, that's not good. Um, better than what you came. Well, up you with. know, it's I. Yeah, leave it alone. Uh, I couldn't make up my mind. So they had a couple of different wines. They had a couple of different reds. They had a white, and then they had like some beers and some you know other other libations. Uh, and and you know they're like, oh, what do you want? I'm like, well, I'm a I'm a red girl. So what do you got for red? And they had two different kinds. It's like, oh, we have a a nice cabernet, and then we have this red blend. And I was like, well, I started asking questions about the red blend. I'm like, well, can I see the red blend? Like, what's the red blend consist of? And <laughs> 
the owner of the company who was driving the alcohol trolley was just like, you know what? Just take them both. I was like, okay, not going to argue with you. So, so I got two. I got two bottles. I picked a uh, I win. 12 pack of Truly uh, hard seltzer. Never tried it before. Um, pretty good. It's a, it's a, it's all right. It's all right. That's actually didn't hate the White Claw. Yeah, we had uh, we Which had somebody else got saying. White Claw because she likes White Claw, and I was like, I've never had any, and she's like, Well, why don't you try one? So we drank White Claw in the lab. Yeah, it, it wasn't terrible. Yeah, it was all right. Like you know, we drink seltzer like regular seltzers, you know, here and there. Yeah. So yeah, it's not. But... But yeah, but you know, for for some reason, I actually no, not for some reason. I know the reason. I had a really difficult time getting into the holiday spirit this year to the point where I just have none. Usually, I mean, I'm not a Christmas person. Halloween 365, like that's that's my vibe. Christmas and I don't usually get along, but I can usually muster up some sort of Christmas spirit to shed upon other people and to, you know, at least get myself through. And for some reason, I just can't seem to do that this year. Like, Christmas is like tomorrow, you know? Yeah. And like, I, like, I just, it doesn't feel like Christmas. I don't feel like Christmas. It feels really forced this year. I know other people are feeling the same way, too. So I think before we take a quick break, I want to take this moment to just kind of remind you that, you know, it's really difficult being human sometimes. And sometimes all you can do is your best, you know, the show up and and just try your best. You know, your best one day can be different from the other day. You know, your your whatever you're working with, you know, I you can just you can just only do what you can with what you have. And I know a lot of people are struggling right now. Uh we know people who have lost people recently. Um dealing with certain things you know we have friends who are currently going through covid we have friends who are in the hospital who have recovered um, you know but we also have friends who are currently in the hospital right. uh you know and it's just it's you know non-covid related but you know it's just it's a really weird and interesting time and it's exhausting it's a really exhausting time you know where so far into this we thought that we would be out of this and we're not and you know not to go down this whole rabbit hole because i mean we all we all know i just want you to know that i see you i see you trying your best i see you making an effort i see you trying not to drown in everything and i appreciate you i appreciate you so much so um i think with that being said before I get all super mushy-gushy, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the other characters of different types of Christmas. Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks, too and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. 
It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. Shark Bites, Shark Bites Podcast, it's the greatest show in history, from the Dorkening Network, hosted by a nerd who's named Patsy, from movie reviews to tips on surviving the coronavirus, Shark Bites has it all. Follow us on Facebook and suggest topics at sharkbitespod at gmail.com, available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. You guys, you guys! We've got some bad news. Slash is it real? What? Slash is it real? He's a made-up person that represents care and giving, and people dress up like him and lie to their kids. Slash is make-believe? Here, look for yourself. He's based on a fable of a Dutch saint named Wunterslausch. Wunterslausch? What? But then, who played at my eighth birthday party? One of our parents. But then, who was the guitar player for Guns N' Roses? One of our parents. Are you fucking serious? And we are back. So we have for you, like we said earlier, we have uh, some of the myths and legends and folklore and characters from uh, other cultures around the world that you may or may not be familiar with, you know, depending on your you know views and observations. But it's not just Santa and reindeer and Frosty around this time of year. There's, you know, there's a, a lot of uh, a lot of different characters that. Um, might get overlooked in American culture because we're focused mostly mm. on the stuff that we know. And uh, there are a lot of really cool characters. And we started thinking about this a couple of weeks ago. And it's like, all right, let's let's look into what some of the other cultures around the world do. And let's look into like some of the because, you know, if you if you scroll through social media, you'll see some of these, you know, different like memes and things that sort of give you a little bit of background and, like, tell you about a character, maybe show a picture of them. And it's like, you know what? Some of these are pretty cool. Like, let's do an episode on them. So we have a few for you. Ash, is the one that you have, we actually heard of, uh, not through social media, but from a very different place. So why don't you go into that one? So I am currently listening to the back catalog of the Boulay Brothers podcast, Creatures of the Night. And around the holiday season last year, so they do a little bit on their podcast where towards the end, they do kind of like this uh, mysteries and spooky stuff where they talk about, you know, real happenings of, you know, the mystique and stuff like that. It's, it's really cool. And they're excellent storytellers. But it's stuff, you know, based on real events and real people and things that actually happened. And when we were in the process of trying to figure out, okay, who who is fun enough for us to mention on the show today? This name came across our paths, but it wasn't until the Boulet brothers mentioned it and mentioned her backstory that we were like, oh, we need to mention her. So we're talking about Frau Perchta. In some descriptions, Perchta has two forms. She may appear either as beautiful and white as snow, like her name, 
or as elderly and haggard. Initially, Perchta was the upholder of cultural taboos, such as the prohibition against spinning on holidays. Now, I'm not talking spinning? like spinning. Spinning. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. Okay. But, but no, no, not, okay. not like not like like the spin bikes. class. No, yeah, not not no, not that. Getting dizzy. Not like Soul Cycle. You're Getting not like dizzy. Pro- you're, you're not just... like prohibited to get go to Soul Cycle on holidays. You know, you do you. You can't like you know like you're prohibited from using like your Peloton. Of, you, you don't have money for booze, so you just stand in place and, and so spin you, around. A dizzy bat? Yeah, like, you know, you just not even with a bat. You just spin around. <laughs> oh, no, so once upon a time, back in the yesteryear, they used to have to spin. It's almost like, you know, remember the story of Rumpelstiltskin? Um, spin like, straw into spin gold. Spin straw into gold. They used to take their, you know, like they, they would shear their sheep. They would take cotton. They would take all of these different materials and then in order to make yarn or what have you, they would use a, a spindle, a spinning wheel, and they would spin it into a string-like form. That was uh, called Yarnival. <laughs> yes. So in the folklore of Bavaria and Austria, Perchta was said to roam the countryside at midwinter and to enter homes during the 12 days between Christmas and Epiphany. She would know whether the children and young servants of the household had behaved well and worked hard all year. If they had, they might find a small silver coin the next day in a shoe or pail. If they had not, she would slit their bellies open, remove their stomach and guts, and stuff the hole with straw and pebbles. So that's like kind of extreme. It's like, you would get a oh, small coin. You or might find you a nickel in your shoe. To death. You're either going to find a nickel in your shoe or be disemboweled. I would and also turn into a human scarecrow. For the I would most also part. like to say I think it's probably. Like a hard C, because it's like Germany, Bavaria. So Perkta. 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 Yeah. Frau Perkta. Yeah, it's, that's that's probably what that's it probably, is. That's probably what it is. But uh, but anyway, she was particularly concerned to see that girls had spun the whole of their allotted portion of flax or wool during the year. She would also slit people's bellies open and stuff them with straw if they ate something on the night of her feast day other than the traditional meal of fish and gruel. How dare you eat that Cinnabon? You need to eat that fish and gruel. I'm going to gut you. Don't be cruel. She sounds eat del- your gruel. <laughs> she sounds delightful. Uh, and what they mean by work is housework. She would go into your house. She would inspect the cupboards. It's almost like she would do the white glove test to make sure that you dust. Make sure recently. your house is clean. Basically. Yeah, yeah. You know, make sure you swept, make sure that everything was in its proper place. And if you didn't, she would disembowel you. It really sounds like this is just a way to trick children into cleaning their room. I mean, it's also in contemporary... Better clean up your toys, Jimmy, or else Frau Perkta's going to rip your guts out. I like that. that that's, a, that's, a, that's a good thing. Uh, in contemporary culture, Perchta, or Perkta, is portrayed as the rewarder of the generous and the punisher of the bad, particularly lying children. That'll teach them, little bastards. Did you eat the cookies? No. Disembowelment! <laughs> I mean, that is, that is a very, like, German-Austrian thing to do. It, it does seem... Very harsh, and yeah, like that's you know those those guys weren't fucking around when it came to their fairy tales. So what do you have? Well, I'm going to start off uh, on my list with one that is fairly well known, uh, if only by name, and 
uh, by the movie all about this character. And I'm talking about Krampus. The Krampus is a horned anthropomorphic figure in Central and Eastern Alpine folklore who, during the Christmas season, scares children who have misbehaved. Now, assisting St. Nicholas, the two of them will visit children on the night of the 5th of December, with St. Nicholas rewarding the well-behaved children with modest gifts like oranges, dried fruit, walnuts, and chocolate. That seems better than a nickel in your shoe. Uh, while the badly behaved ones only receive punishment from Krampus with birch rods. So it's like you're either going to get an orange or some like weird demon's going to beat the shit out of you with a stick. Yay, demon stick! Uh, so Krampus is, uh, there's a lot of different ways that he's been depicted. Um, you know, most share the some common physical characteristics being big and hairy, brownish, black, cloven hooves, and the horns of a goat. He has a long pointed tongue that kind of like hangs out similarly to Venom. And uh, of course, fangs. I mean, got to have fangs. Uh, he carries chains and thought to symbolize the binding of the devil by the Christian church, which whatever. Uh, he thrashes the chains for dramatic effect. Although, like, if you saw this dude, like, I don't know how much more dramatic he would need to be. He's like, oh, you know, tongue hanging out, claws slobbering and giant fangs like whipping the shit out of you with a stick like i don't think clanking chains is going to make too much of a uh difference uh the chains are sometimes accompanied with bells of various sizes and if you can hear them then you believe <laughs> sort of like the uh the the polar express but like Every way way worse bell rings, probably like the subway in new jersey wings. uh the uh, yeah, the of more pagan rituals are the rutin, which are bundles of birch branches that Krampus carries with, carries and with which he occasionally swats children. Uh, the rutin may have had significance in pre-Christian pagan initiation rites. Uh, the birch branches are replaced with a whip in some representations. Uh, sometimes he appears with a sack or a basket strapped to his back, and this is what he uses to take evil children for drowning, eating, or transportation to hell. Uh, some of the older versions make mention of naughty children being put in the bag and taken away. So he doesn't disembowel you. He'll just eat you or drag you to hell. So... Again, like, it's not so much a reward for being good, but, like, punishment for being bad. It's like, oh, were you good this year? Yes, I did my chores every single day from sunup to sundown. I milked, milked the chickens, fed the goats, you know, got all the eggs from the cows. Like, I did everything I was supposed to do. Oh, well, that's good. Have an orange. Well, what about you? Well, I didn't always do my chores. To hell with you! Right, but like Krampus You'd is also the opposite of Santa. So they would often, you know, in in folklore, Krampus and Saint Nicholas would they would travel together. So Santa would reward the good children, while Krampus would punish the bad. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like it's less a reward for being good. Like here, here's a handful of I mean, walnuts like, I mean, here, for slaving away. Well, right, all, but like all year. here, you know, it's you know, if you're bad, you get a lump of coal. Yeah, you but know? with that coal, other, like, you, know, you could power the economy of West Virginia. So <laughs> you got that. You or know. according to TikTok, you can like freeze it and put it in some. P 
peanut butter or something, and then you create a diamond. Apparently, that's how diamonds happen. It's a coal and peanut butter. Who knew? Yeah. Yeah. Why would TikTok lie to a person? Um, yes. So next you, on yeah, say, my list, next? Uh, the next few that I'm going to talk about, we're actually going to travel to Iceland and talk about a little bit of Iceland uh, mythology and folklore. Icelandic? So Icelandic, yes, that's a word. That's a good word. It's a mm-hmm. good descriptive word. Uh, so first we're going to talk about Gryla. She is a giantess with an appetite for the flesh of mischievous children whom she cooks in a large pot. Mm. The oldest poems about Gryla describes her as a parasitic beggar. She walks around asking parents to give her their disobedient children. Her plans can be thwarted by giving her food or chasing her away. Originally, she lived in a small cottage, but late in later poems, she appears to have been forced out of town and into a remote cave. Current day, Gryla can, t- t- can detect children who are misbehaving year round. She comes from the mountains during Christmas time to search nearby towns for her meal. She leaves her cave hunts children and carries them home in her giant sack. She devours children as her favorite snack. Her favorite dish is a stew of naughty kids for which she has an insatiable appetite. According to legend, there is never a shortage of food for Gryla. According to folklore, Gryla has been married three times. Her third husband, Lepaladi, sure, we'll go with it, Lepalodi is said to be living with her in their cave in the Dimmelborgir lava fields with the big black Yule cat and their sons. Lepalodi is lazy and mostly stays at home in their cave. Gryla supposedly has dozens of children with her previous husbands known as the Yule lads, but they're rarely mentioned nowadays. So obviously up next, uh, after Patsy does his thing, we're going to be talking about my new lord and savior, Yule Cat, and then we'll also be talking about the Yule Lads. Chris Mittens. <laughs> it's a Chris Mittens miracle. So the next one that I have, uh, you might be familiar with, uh, sort of-ish, if you uh, are a fan of The Office and Rain Wilson's character Dwight Schrute, uh, I'm talking, of course, about Bellsnickel. Bellsnickel is a crotchety, fur-clad Christmas gift bringer in the folklore of the Palatinate region of southwestern Germany, along the Rhine, Saarland, and the Odenwald area of Baden-Württemberg. The figure is also preserved in Pennsylvania Dutch, see Amish communities, and Brazilian German communities. The world Belschnickel derives from an old German word that translates as Nicholas in furs. Belschnickel is related to other companions of St. Nicholas in the folklore of German-speaking Europe. Uh, he may have been based on an older German myth, Neckruprecht, a servant of St. Nicholas and a character from northern Germany. Unlike those figures, however, Belschnickel does not accompany St. Nicholas, but instead visits alone and combines both the threatening and benign aspects with uh, which in other traditions are divided between St. Nicholas and the companion figure, see Krampus. Uh, Belschnickel is a man wearing furs and sometimes a mask with a long tongue. Again, very similar uh, description Cr- to Krampus. Krampus yes. uh, 
He is very typically ragged and disheveled. He wears torn, tattered, and dirty clothes, and he carries a switch in his hand with which to beat naughty children, but also fa- pockets full of cakes, candies, and nuts for good children. Imagine that, like, oh, you were very good this year. Here's some cake that I have in my pocket. <laughs> Go nuts, Timmy. I would not want pocket cake, but that's me. I don't Maybe they're wrapped up and they're like Twinkies and stuff, and he like pulls them out and they're individually wrapped. Maybe that's where Twinkies and Little Debbie snack cakes come from. Belschnickel? Yes. No, they come from Hostess. Well... <laughs> That's a different guy. But like maybe that's where the idea comes from. Like, hey, individual cakes and pot. No, we I don't. need to like individually wrap these cakes to be put in pockets. I don't. I don't. I'm sick of my pockets getting all gunked up with cake. I don't think that's. That's how probably am I supposed weird. to eat the cake if the remnants are stuck in my pockets? That's probably. Not I it. know. We'll make them individually wrapped. Genius. Yeah, probably not. Thanks, Belschnickel. Belschnickel just gets Belschnickel miracle. There you go. Here's pocket cake. So next on my list is, like I said, one that I'm super, super, super excited about. Recently learned about it thanks to a meme. So thanks, memes. I uh, it's the Yule Cat. Who? The Yule Cat. No, I. What's the name? The Yule Cat. Nope, I need the whole thing. <laughs> the Yule Cat, known as. You just want me to hack this up. I just want you to say the name of the the, the guy. <laughs> known as Yolakaturin. 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 Sure, that sounds good. Mittens. <laughs> Named mittens. <laughs> a huge, a huge, a huge and vicious cat who is described as lurking about the snowy countryside during Christmas time and eating people who have not received any new clothes to wear before Christmas Eve. The That's kind of fucked up. Well, no, no, you okay. didn't Hold get up. any free clothes for Christmas. On, now no, 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 no. I'm going to eat you. I'm, I'm going to get into it. So they're referred to as an ancient tradition. Written accounts of the Yule Cat have only been located as recently as the 19th century. The threat of being eaten by the Yule Cat was used by farmers as an incentive for their workers to finish processing the autumn wool before Christmas. The ones who took part in the work would be rewarded with new clothes, but those who did not would get nothing and thus be preyed upon by the monstrous cat. The cat has alternatively been described as merely eating away the food of ones without new clothing during Christmas feasts. So in some instances, it's if you don't get new clothes, so you have to work hard to get the new clothes. And if you wear your new clothes, you get new clothes, you wear new clothes, Yule Cat will not come attack you. But if you do not work hard, you do not get new clothes, therefore you do not have new clothes to wear, and Yule Cat will feast upon your your, your flesh. What if you just get a new jacket and wear it over old clothes? Does, does Yule Cat know? I, 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 I ask him. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be Dear like, Christmas and Christmas Christmas Chris Mittens. Yes. Like Christmas and Mittens together at last. Mittmas. So that's Yule Cat. Okay. That's uh, Yule Cat. I have Dead Moroz. Moroz. Uh, a legendary figure similar to St. Nicholas, Father Christmas, and Santa Claus who has his roots in Slavic mythology. The, tradi- the tradition of Dead Moroz is definitely... 
the tradition of dead maraz is mostly spread in East Slavic countries and is an important part of Russian culture. At the beginning of the Soviet era, communist authorities banned him. Nevertheless, he soon became an important part of Soviet culture despite that fact. Uh, the little tr literal translation of Dead Maraz is Grandpa, For Grandpa Frost. I read that as Forest, and I'm stumbling over my words. Uh, Dead Maraz is depicted as bringing presents to well-mannered children, offered often delivering them in person in December days and secretly under the New Year tree on at night on December 31st, uh, New Year's Eve. In East Slavic cultures, however, Dead Moroz is accompanied by Snegorochka, his granddaughter and helper, who wears silver-blue robes and a furry cap or a snowflake-like crown. She is a unique attribute of Dead Moroz, since similar characters in other countries do not have a female companion, which we have seen so far, uh, everybody's pretty much male. Or in the case of Krampus, I don't know if there's any real... Like gender assigned to him. Uh, Dead Moroz wears heel-length fur coat, a semi-round fur hat, and valenki on his feet. He has a long white beard uh, and walks with a long white stick and often rides a troika. Yeah, so it as we're going through a lot of these, there are many... Uh, similarities between all of the like common threads between all of the uh, heroes and villains I suppose we could call them you know the guys that punish and the, the guys that don't so it's very interesting so far who's next so now we are going to talk about the Yule Lads so the Yule Lads sometimes named Yuletide Lads or Yule Men are the sons of Gryla and Lepuladi Lep Lep Lepaludi. Larry. Lapalades. <laughs> they are a group of 13 mischievous pranksters who steal from or otherwise harass the population. All have descriptive names that generally convey their favorite way of causing mischief. They arrive one by one over the final 13 nights leading up to Christmas or Yule. They leave small gifts in shoes that children place on windowsills. But if the child has been disobedient, they leave a rotten potato in the shoe instead. In modern times, the Yule Lads have also been depicted in a more benevolent role comparable to Santa Claus and other related figures. They are generally portrayed wearing late medieval Icelandic clothing, but are sometimes shown in the costume traditionally worn by Santa Claus, especially at children's events. That's interesting. Like, I hadn't heard of the Yule Lads before. Uh, well, before doing this research. And it seems like a lot of these are interconnected, so mm -hmm. that's always fun. All right, so this one, I'm, all, I'm definitely going to uh, butcher the name, uh, but it's... Uh, Mari Luid, L-W-Y-D. I'm not used to four consecutive consonants in a, in a word. But uh, itself consists of a horse's skull that is decorated with ribbons and affixed to a pole. To the back of the skull is attached a white sheet, which drapes down to conceal both the pole and the individual carrying it. On occasion, the horse's head re was represented not by a skull, but instead made from wood or even paper. In some instances, the horse's jaw is able to open and close as a result of a string or lever, so kind of like a like really macabre, macabre puppet. Uh, 
And the accounts of pieces of glass being affixed into the eye sockets of some examples, obviously representing eyes. Uh, the Marie Lewid, Lewid uh, honestly, I don't know how to pronounce it. Customers, we, you know, we could have worked on these pronunciations had we not gone into this like completely cold because we wanted to kind of react to these as we read them. Uh, so the custom was performed during winter festivities, specifically around the dates of Christmas and New Year. Uh, the custom began at dusk and often lasted late into the night. The party consisted of four to seven men who often had colored ribbons and rosettes attached to their clothes and sometimes wore a broad sash around the waist. So it's kind of like uh, um, like the, the, the dragons you see for Chinese New Year uh, is what I'm getting from this. So, like, it's, you know, several people covered by a sheet and then, you know, the, the head, you know, you know, almost like puppeteering it. So there was usually a smartly dressed leader who carried a staff, stick, or whip, and sometimes other stock characters such as the merry men who played music. The Marie Lewid party would approach a house and sing a song in which they requested admittance. The inhabitants of the house would offer excuses why the team could not enter. The party would sing a second verse, and the debate between the two sides would continue until the house's inhabitants either ran out of ideas, at which time they were obliged to allow the party in and provide them with ale and food. Once inside, the entertainment continued, with Marie Lewid running around neighing and snapping its jaws, creating havoc, frightening children, and probably some of the adults, while the leader pretended to try and restrain it. The merry men played music and entertained the householders. So the way I'm picturing this is like that scene in the first Hobbit movie where all the dwarves come in and eat all of Frodo's, feel, uh, Bilbo's yeah, food. Yeah, I feel like that's uh, I feel like that's a pretty accurate depiction, but there's like a horse skull involved. Well, yeah, I mean, that would be Gandalf. <laughs> no, Gandalf would be the leader who's like dressed all fancy, like, oh, no, no, stop. Don't eat all the cheese and don't smash all the plates and, you know, don't eat all the tomatoes. Like, that's how I'm kind of picturing this as I'm seeing the. But even like, what would some of the excuses be that they wouldn't accept? Like, if somebody came up to my house singing a song about, you should let me into your house, I'd be like, fuck you, go away. Like, and that would be it. Like, there wouldn't need to be a second verse of, like, you should really, really let us into your house. Like, no. Why? Because you're going to fucking wreck the place. Like, that seems like. COVID. (laughs) Stay six feet away. You're not wearing a mask. (laughs) I don't know you. That's my purse. Right. Stranger danger. Yeah. Like,. You're just gonna wreck the place. I know what this what this shtick is. I don't have any food and I don't have any ale. I don't know you. Go away. Well, Why I mean, are if this was if, to me? if this was done in like a small like village, well, like yeah, chances you are you know you'd know. People. You know, I can't tonight. I have a headache. Yeah, there you go. You just say that. So we have one more for you. So um, next on our list, last but certainly lot, not least, lot least is La Bafana. So she is an old woman who delivers gifts to children throughout Italy on Epiphany Eve. So that is the night of January 5th in a similar way to St. Nicholas or Santa Claus. In popular folklore, Bafana visits all the children of Italy on the eve of the Feast of the Epiphany to fill their socks with candy and presents if they are good 
or a lump of coal or dark candy if they are bad. What's and dark candy like? The, from um, like hell. Like a dark candy. It's bird's made of candy. Gl- it's made of glass. Like a dark candy, like maybe like a, a sour candy, like something that's Uranium not as cra- delicious. Yes, uranium cakes uh, from the pockets of the Belschnickel. Um, but anyways, in many poorer parts of Italy, and in particular rural Sicily, a stick in a stocking was placed instead of coal. Being a good housekeeper, many say she will sweep the floor before she leaves. To some, sweeping meant the sweeping away of the problems of the year. The child's family typical, typically leaves a small glass of wine and a plate with a few morsels of food, often regional or local the for the Bafana. A, oh my God. That's it. I am becoming the Bafana. Leave me wine and cheese. I will put sticks in your sock. <laughs> you can even have the song. La Bafana. She is usually portrayed as a hag riding a broomstick. Again, same. Uh, through the air wearing a black shawl. Again, same. Uh, and is covered in soot because she enters the children's houses through the chimney. She is often smiling and carries a bag or hamper filled with candy gifts or both so i feel like la bafana is uh lore wise is most similar to santa in the uh stuffing of stockings yeah this is the first one that has mentioned stockings the coming down of chimneys yep uh the you know giving of sweets and good stuff to the good children and coal and sticks to the not so good children mm-hmm. and i mean but i don't but think you s- could use the coal and sticks to start a fire and keep warm like you know. i mean you could yeah i mean you know so there there, re- there really is no bad present uh this is my friend I, stick stickly i got some chocolate uh i was able to keep us from freezing to death during, during the rock. blizzard uh but yeah, I think I, I think I most um, I most identify with her specifically for the wineage and the cheese plates. Yeah, that I was gonna say. Like as you're reading that, I'm like, yeah, that definitely is is most a hundred percent you. So and I too look like a hag and ride on a broom. So you know, well, same. half of that is right. Um, but. But, but I mean, here's the thing. That's not all of them. Delving into some of these characters from different folklore and mythologies and stuff like that, there's a lot. So maybe, you know, we revisit this again next year or we talk about some other characters from different cultures. And or maybe we stories. like spend like, you know, a couple more weeks like really delving. Because this is something we're just like, all right, let's talk about that because it sounds pretty cool. And we kept seeing these memes and things. But like this is a rabbit hole that we would need way more time to prepare for and some of these you know um researching these the the maria louis uh i've seen that before yeah you know the the horse skull that is bejeweled you know bedazzled with with um flowers flowers adorned with flowers and ribbons and um you know has like a almost like a sheet over it and then there were some of the some of the uh like not so much creatures or characters, but like some of the traditions, like the wild hunt, which sounded really cool. 
but like we didn't get into that one. And obviously, Krampus is something that's becoming more popular here in the U.S. with the horror films that have been released over the past few years. Um, Definitely, and gaining I think some you know traction, it's just yeah. uh, it's it's just like how fun is Krampus? <laughs> yeah, there are there is a lot of really interesting characters and a lot of really interesting traditions that revolve around these characters. You know, because it's you know, we're just like, Oh, we'll leave out, you know, milk and cookies for Santa as opposed to like Oh, we're gonna leave out. You better clean your whole house. Clean your house, or, you'll or get you're going to be gutted with with rocks and straw, like you know, or leave out a, a one a.m. cheese plate and a glass of you know Pinot Noir for for La Bafana. Like, there's a lot of really cool. You better wear your clothes, or else Yule Cat's going to make mincemeat out of you. I hope you worked hard and got some new shoes this year, or else you're dead. Like. It's like, oh, what did you get for Christmas? Oh, uh, there was a rotten potato in my shoe. Ah, uh, potato. Like, like, stuff that to us seems like so weird and bizarre. Is Do you think that's where Mr. Potato Head came from? Probably not. Probably not. Like, potato in, rotten potato in a shoe. Well, I mean, you know, somebody trying to make the best of a situation. I, mean, I got candy. I got a rotten potato. Hey, look what I can do. And he starts doing the Charlie Chaplin thing, making like the rolls dance, but like he did it with potatoes instead. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. But uh, this is probably a pretty good place to uh, take a quick break. And we come back. We have some battle results for you. And we have some announcements for next week's live show, including some of the prizes that we're going to be giving away. Yeah, we have a lot coming up, so stay tuned, kids. And we'll be right back. At Strong-Willed Sports Memorabilia and more, our mission is to raise as much money and awareness for pediatric cancer research as possible through the giving away of authenticated autographed sports memorabilia and more. All proceeds from our games will be donated to various pediatric cancer foundations, with the majority going to the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute and the Jimmy Fund. Our mission to give back began when Craig and Kara's son, William, was diagnosed with a stage 4 Wilms tumor, and his courage to fight and overcome his cancer ultimately led to the start of the hashtag Strong-Willed Movement. For more information on how to donate and support this great cause, please visit the hashtag Strong-Willed Sports Memorabilia and More Facebook group. Wow. 
day is only a few hours away now. I'm sure you're all looking forward to it as much as we are. You might hear some reindeer on your rooftop or Jack Frost on your windowsill. But if someone's climbing down your chimney, you better load your gun and shoot to kill. Oh, it's Christmas at Brown Zero. And if the radiation level's okay, I'll go out with you and see all the new mutations on New Year's Day. And we have returned. Um, hopefully you enjoyed that. Uh, that was obviously uh, one of my favorite Christmas songs, Weird Al Yankovic's Christmas at Ground Zero. Um, that's one of my favorite songs. It was either that or The Night Santa Went Crazy, but I think Christmas at Ground Zero seems to be a little more appropriate for what we've got going on uh, this time of, of year and this at this point in human history. Uh, everything feels crazy and weird and I don't know. It's, uh, it's just one of those weird things that seems to be just going on forever. But, you know, like Ash has said at the beginning, don't worry about it. You know, if you're not at your best, a lot of people aren't. If you are at your best, there's nothing wrong with that either. Just, uh, you know, keep on keeping on. Do what you can do and... That's all. Just keep pushing one foot in front of the other. Like, uh, what's what movie? Which one is that? That's Santa Rudolph. Cla- no, it's not. Santa Claus is coming to town. Just put one foot in front of the other. You sure it's not Rudolph? I'm sure it's not Rudolph. Oh wait, no, it's the one with the penguin. Yes, it's a uh, Santa Claus is coming to town. Uh, sure. I think. Oh yeah, that's the one with the Burgermeister Meister Burger. Yes. And they didn't have any burgers the entire time, which was blatantly fraudulent. But yeah, just keep moving forward. That's all that matters. So we have uh, we have some battle results for you from last week's battle. We do. So last week we threw down "Free Your Mind," a telekinetic throwdown. Which mind-melting character has the ability to best their opponent and be the last one standing? All powers and abilities applicable. Sandbox is Downtown Angel Grove. Special guest referee, the amazing Jonathan. You could choose from Neo from The Matrix, Tetsuo Shima from Akira, Eleven from Stranger Things, or Carrie White from Carrie. And, <clears throat> excuse me, both Twitters and Facebook are in agreement that it's uh, Tetsuo Shima. What was the percentage on Facebook? I didn't see at the end. Uh, so uh, Tetsuo got fifty-five percent. Wow! Yeah, that's. Yeah, I mean, I saw a couple of people posting. Uh, like our buddy Billy Thomas posted uh, 
a gif of uh akira or tetsuo i should say uh that's a, that's some characters we got to talk about because i love that movie and i haven't watched it in years um but yeah, that's who that's who I voted for. I voted for Tetsuo. Who'd you go with? I went with Neo because I am not really familiar with Tetsuo, Tetsuo. and Akira. That, I mean, I know you've watched it with me once, once many a many years, years ago. ago yes. Yeah, because the main thing I was trying to show you is how awesome the animation was for 1988. Like how seamlessly the CGI and hand drawn animation were kind of woven together, but. Yeah, those are definitely uh, the 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 folks from Akira. Are definitely some characters we had to cover at some point. So we have a big show next week. So next week we're going to be live for our year end uh, kind of like character countdown that we try to do every year, where we talk about our favorite characters that we were introduced to during the year. Doesn't necessarily have to be something that you know you that came out this year you know like you're not limited to only movies or shows or comics or books or whatever that came out this year it's stuff that you were introduced to so if you saw you know the man who laughed from 1929 for the first time this year that counts and you're like that's one of my favorite characters i want to watch that i I mean i want to talk about that so we're going to be live between seven eight ish we're going live next Thursday, December 30th at 8 p.m. 8 p.m. Okay. So look on the social medias for more information regarding that, where you can watch and stuff. It'll be live on uh, the Facebook page, so in the Throwdown Thursday page. Mm-hmm. And it will also be live on the Throwdown Thursday YouTube Correct. You and know, and the, the Twitch channel. channel. And the Twitch channel as well. So uh, we will be putting out... Um, Invites and stuff for for that to kind of put everything all in one place. But we want to hear from you. Yes. We want to know what are your top characters from this past year? Which characters have had an impact on you in 2021? Like Patsy said, it doesn't have to be a you know a character from a medium that came out this year. It could have been something that you watched this year, either for a first time or a character in uh, a medium that you revisited this year and had some sort of impact on your year. So we want to hear from you. You can send a voicemail, voicemail or an email to throwdownthursdaypodcast at gmail.com or we'll be posting about it on our social medias as well so you can always uh, put your stuff in the comments or if you would like to join us live uh, pop in give your list say hi you are more than welcome to do that as well and if you would like to just hit us up yeah let us know Uh, we're going to be having a couple of guests I have one confirmed now there's a couple more that I'd like to get on the show um because I'm interested to hear their thoughts on some of their characters. Uh, Ashes and I are going through our lists um, because we were introduced to a lot of different characters this year. And there are a few that I was trying to guess a couple of hers the other day. And I know one that's towards the top of her list, but it may not be the top because there's another one that I thought of afterwards that I think might be be up there. We also didn't watch... I mean, we watch a lot of the same stuff, but I do watch stuff that doesn't involve you. No, I know. And I watch a ton of stuff that you haven't seen. Correct. Because I'm at, 
I'm not going to hit my goal, I don't think, but I'm at uh, about 330 movies this year. But so I, there's an outside chance of getting there, but yeah. it's going to be tight. Probably not. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, yeah. So if you're interested in being involved in any way, definitely let us know. And and there is an incentive to being involved. So if you do comment on the social medias if you send a voicemail or email if you participate in the live show because you can always you know if you don't want to join us on video you can always join us in the chat Mm -hmm. your name will be put in into the wheel into the wheel uh for prizes multiple prizes uh, including, because I, I, I said we would we would mention that one of the prizes is this week. Well, I so here's what I'm thinking, right? I think we should have two different Throwdown Thursday mystery boxes. Well, we'll we'll have that people can win. Well, there's also if I, you would like to name something that may or may not be in these mystery boxes. Yes, I, I want to talk about because I purchased two of these. A while ago, uh, specifically to do a giveaway at some point. I wasn't sure when. I wasn't sure for what, but I wanted to do a giveaway. And I know this is a, a highly sought-after item. Um, one of the the items that you will be able to attain if you are the winner is the NECA uh, McCready figure from Outpost Thirty One. With multiple heads, multiple hands, you know, you neck a figure. You, they're phenomenal. Um, I have one in my collection. I got a second one for the giveaway, so that's one of the prizes you could win. Um, I do like the mystery box idea because um, those are going to be fun. They're kind of like the blind boxes. Well, and you know, it all depends on the amount of participation that we get. The more participation. The more prizes we'll throw in, the more opportunity for you to win. Yes. And, you know, we might throw in, you know, like random trivia questions throughout the night or throughout the week leading up to it. And it's like, hey, if you answer this, let's, uh, you know, you get an extra a, a bonus entry. So there's, a, there's, there's some good stuff coming next week. Plus, it's going to be the last show of the year. It's going to be live. We love doing the live shows. Those are always a lot of fun, especially when you guys participate and, you know, give us your comments. Like We love having you guys uh, participate in the show. Uh, makes our job a lot easier as well. And I think those are some of the best episodes we have. So I think that's about it from my end. Do you have anything else you want to add? Happy holidays, everyone. Take care of yourselves. Be kind to each other. And be kind to yourself. Leave out a top hat and some guitar picks for Wunderschlaus. (laughs) Wunderschlaus. And we will see see you you next Thursday. Thursday.